Life can easily get disconnected. With busy schedules and a lot of responsibilities, it's easy to let intentional time with our spouse become an afterthought. In this episode, we're sharing our best date night tips and tricks full of fun new date ideas, ways to spark conversation, and practical how-tos that can work on any budget so you can invest in your relationship, energize your marriage, and protect what matters most. This is Life with Amy and Jordan. We heard something recently that made a lot of sense to us. We heard someone say there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom, that knowledge is information, but wisdom is knowing what to do with that information. And something that Amy and I have realized maybe more and more every day as we get older, and I know older is a relative term, um, but we don't know what we don't know. We simply don't know what we don't know. And when you look at yourself 10 years ago, or you look at somebody who's 10 years behind you in life or 20 years younger, and you watch the decisions that they're making and you watch the life choices that they're making, good or bad, it's funny because as you get older, you can see the consequences of the decisions those people are making before they even realize there's going to be a consequence for their decision. If you're a parent, you understand this. If you've ever worked with children or mentored someone, you understand this, that Somebody will be making a choice and you know that choice leads down a bad road. And no matter how you how hard you try to warn them, they almost have to experience that hard knock of life themselves. Amy and I have had enough hard knocks in our life early enough in our life that we realize we don't want to do that anymore. When somebody gives us great wisdom, we don't want to just take the knowledge as information and then forget what they said where it goes in one ear and out the other. We want to be wisdom seekers and wisdom implementers because something we've realized is that if we can steal wisdom from people who are way farther down the road than us, who have made mistakes in the past, or they've done great things in the past, and we can learn from their life lessons and their experiences, we can set ourselves up in our marriage, in our life, in our parenting for a lot of success. And we can get to the destination we want to go to much faster with a lot less pain. Doesn't that sound good? If you're listening right now and there's some goal you want to achieve in life, something for your marriage, something for your parenting, something for your work or your your career, something for your spiritual life, whatever goals you have in your life and the decisions that you're making to get there, wouldn't it be nice to be able to get to that goal faster with less pain? Man, it would. And we've done it both ways in our life. And so I think that's the reason why when we entered this new season of parenting about 19 months ago when our son Beckett was born, we realized we don't know what we don't know. This is a brand new season for us. And so we tried very, very hard in the months leading up to Beckett's delivery and in the months in the months following his delivery reaching out to to married couples with kids who were farther down the road than us, who were smarter, who were wiser. And we would ask them, what's your best advice? Like now you have the perspective of sending kids off to college. What's your best advice? Your kids are out of diapers and now they're all in elementary school. What's your best advice? If you could go back and do it again, what would you do the same and what would you do different? And that's one of our favorite questions to ask people in general, no matter what category, is what would you do the same and what would you do different? And it's interesting because as we started to ask parents that question, we got the same, roughly the same two answers from everyone. The first one was was a little bit more emotional. And the second one was a little more practical. And the first one is one you can probably already guess. Most married couples said to us, man, if I could go back and do it again, I would cherish 
every single minute because it goes too fast. And in those moments that are really tough and really hard, just enjoy them and embrace them the best you can because they'll only be little for so long and then they'll be gone and you will want those days back and you would do anything to care for that sick kid again. You would do anything to change that diaper again. You would do anything for those moments because they're fleeting and you can't get them back. And so we kind of said, okay, that makes total sense. Check. And then the other thing that almost every single couple, and I have to give my mom credit because she was the first one who said this to us, do regular date nights, prioritize your marriage, make sure that your kids see an example of a healthy, thriving marriage because you were married before they came into the picture and you'll be married after they leave your home. And so that was one of the reasons that Amy and I, after we had Beckett, started implementing for the very first time a regular weekend date night. And that's what we're going to talk about in this episode. And I think once we heard that advice, we were like, wow, there's really a pattern here. A lot of people are saying the same thing, like make time for date night, make time for date night. And we mentioned before that before we had kids, our life was kind of one perpetual date night where we spent a lot of time together spontaneously. We didn't necessarily have to plan it out. But now that we are parents, we've realized that it is something that we do have to be intentional about and plan. And so I think there was a part of us just kind of wondering a few things about date night. Like, is it really that important? Sometimes you almost hear like, oh, date night, is that is that kind of cheesy? Like, do we really need a date night? Is that really for us? But when we think back to the way our relationship started and how much time and energy and attention went into pursuing each other, to dating each other, to getting to know each other, to just like looking into each other's eyes, conversing with each other, we spent so much energy at the beginning of our relationship, making it one that was strong and healthy and thriving from the beginning. And I think that's the the case for most couples is at the beginning, you're spending all of your time and energy just on that relationship. And then, you know, as we get married, as we become parents, as our careers grow, as the demands on our life seem to continue to grow and grow each year, it just becomes easier to let let things that are really important to us drift away on accident without even really thinking about it. Right. And because so many couples said the exact same thing, you got to have a regular date night every week if possible, a couple times a month if that's all you can get. We realized that we would be absolute fools to think that we were the exception to the rule. Mm -hmm. We would be absolute fools to think that we were the exception to wisdom. And that's something that Amy and I have really tried to take to heart because I do think there's this little bit of this, this reaction, right? When the older generation tells you that you should do something, the immediate instinct is to reject it, right? The immediate <laughs> like, instinct. That's not cool. <laughs> yeah. Like you weren't even born when cell phones were around. I don't want to hear what you have to say, but we realize that this is such a critical part of our marriage. And we've, we've learned over time that the more that we implement wisdom, we've learned from people who are older than us and have had more experience than us, the better our life is. So we're like, there's something to this. And then the uh, a second hesitation that I definitely had as we started introing a regular date night into our routine is, and this is maybe just a, a, a me thing or a mom thing, I don't know. Um, maybe it's just because our first baby is our first baby and there's something about that. But sometimes when we're leaving for date night, sometimes Beckett is really excited for us to leave. And other times he gets really sad and he cries and he reaches his arms out and says, mama, no, mama, no. And he doesn't want us to go. I think for him, part of that is emotional. He actually feels that way. 
And part of that is because he has become a master manipulator and a ma- and, and he has become a procrastinator extraordinaire as he's gotten older. So let's just throw that in there. It is amazing how quickly they learn those things. But it totally tugs at my heartstrings when I see him getting sad about us leaving. And so there is like that little bit of mom guilt of like, oh my gosh, like maybe we should just stay here and play with him and invest in him. And maybe this is kind of a selfish thing for us to do. But we've realized that it's actually quite the opposite. And we really believe one of the greatest gifts that we can give our kids is a healthy, thriving marriage. A great marriage is a gift to Beckett. A great marriage is a gift to our children. Even though in the moment, Beckett might not understand why we're walking out the door um, an hour before he goes to bed, which is really what we're talking about here, an hour to 90 minutes before he goes to bed. Yes, we are losing that hour to hour and a half time when he's awake and we could be playing with him. But what we're giving him is so much stronger than that, which is a healthy, thriving marriage that he can grow up in a loving home that that is full of security and warmth and love, and that we need to prioritize our marriage, not just for us, but also for our kids. Yeah. And the thing is that we don't want to be a statistic. We don't want to be, we know what the statistics say about divorce and that some of the, the highest percentages of people who are getting divorced are what we call empty nesters. So they're people who have been married for 25 years or more. They've had multiple kids pass through their home. And then all of a sudden they wake up in their fifties or in their sixties and they look at each other and they don't even recognize each other anymore because their marriage had become so much about their kids and it wasn't enough about them. And And another thing that we have to keep reminding ourselves is, you know what? We were married before Beckett and future kids, and we will continue to be married after they leave our home. And that even right, even though right now with a 19 month old and another one on the way, it feels like we're going to be in this season of raising little kids forever, right? It almost feels like it's never going to end, but we have to accept and realize, you know what, this is actually just what it is, a season of our life. And our kids will exit our home and what's going to be left at the end of that. And we really want to protect that and prioritize that. Yeah, and like we said before, we never want to be so arrogant to believe that it couldn't happen to us. We really try to guard against that and be vigilant against that and protect against that because I think it's so easy to look at other couples down the road and go, well, that's never going to be us because we're in love. Mm-hmm. That's never going to be us because fill in the blank. I mean, you can look at almost anyone in life who 20 or 30 years down the road from you, something has happened in their life that's been sad or that's been tragic. And it's easy to look at them and go, you know what? That's never going to be us. Like we're not them. And we really believe that's just such an arrogant posture and an arrogant position because the reality is it could be us. It could be you. It could be any of us. And so we want to make sure that we guard and protect our hearts and guard and protect our marriage. And I just realized that I don't want to be 60 years old. I don't want to wait till I'm 60 years old to remember why I fell in love with Amy. I want to fall in love with Amy over and over again. I want to fall in love with her every day, every week. I don't want to be in a situation where our our son and our daughter and any future kids go off to college one day and I look at Amy and feel like I have to fall 
back in love with her again. I want to recommit to her every day and every week that love for her so that when our kids eventually do leave our home, we don't miss a beat. And it's like nothing ever, not like nothing ever happened, but like something great has happened because we've been sewing into this relationship all along. Mm -hmm. And then I think the third hesitation that we all feel from time to time is like, whoa, going out on date night is expensive. Money, 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 money. (laughs) Woo. It adds up money. Wow. Thank you for that serenade, a bonus serenade that I wasn't expecting. It's beautiful. Um, But money. Oh, another one, another round. Thank you for blessing us with that. Um, I think when we're thinking about, you know, going out to a restaurant and paying for a babysitter, anytime we leave the house and have to pay for a babysitter, it's like anything we're doing costs double, sometimes triple. And so it can add up really quickly, right? Date night can be really expensive. But the thing that Jordan and I have talked about um, in a previous episode, we talk about how to protect our calendar. I believe it's episode four. And in the same way that we prioritize our calendar and make sure that our calendar reflects our priorities in the same way that we do that, we also make sure that our budget, the way that we spend our money is a reflection of of our our priorities. And we've shared in previous episodes that for us, our marriage is one of our top priorities. So if we're going to say our marriage is one of our top priorities, then we need to back that up, right? We need to invest in our relationship and show with our money, with our wallet, that it is a important thing to us. Yeah. And in his new book, Everyday Millionaires, uh, Chris Hogan did the largest study ever done on everyday millionaires. And he found that there was a correlation among all these people who ended up becoming everyday millionaires, that what was not as significant as the rate of return on their investments, what was not as significant as any other factor was them being good, consistent investors over time. In other words, it didn't matter what they invested in. It didn't matter how much they got on their rate of return. The thing that was similar among all the everyday millionaires is that they made regular investments into their portfolio month after month after month for the long haul. And that really speaks to money, but it speaks to everything else. Because if there's anything that you want to grow and get better and bigger over time, you have to invest into it. I mean, think about your car, for example, right? If you just didn't put oil in your car, it would run fine for a little while. And then eventually the car would break down, right? Something would go wrong with the engine and you would have all these other problems because you didn't put that money that, that money into those regular oil changes. This goes the same for your health, for example, right? You have to ask yourself, what's less expensive? Like we ask ourselves all the time, what's less expensive? Like us eating healthy and exercising regularly and going for physical exams and all that stuff and doing that preventative work now or ignoring those things and then waiting until there's a serious health problem that we face and then have to spend a ton of money in order to fix that. And so anything you want to grow, you have to invest into it, right? Our marriage needs to be something that we are constantly and consistently nurturing and nourishing in order for it to thrive. And like Amy said, date night doesn't have to be super, super expensive. And so what we want to do is walk through some budget-friendly ideas that you can implement right away to getting yourselves going on regular date nights. Yes. As we shared in uh, one of the episodes on how we lived on one teacher salary, we mentioned that we were living on a really tight budget because we were living on one teacher salary. So we, at the time, budgeted $25 for our entire month of date night. And so we had to get really creative with date night ideas that were budget friendly. So we just wanted to roll through some of those to give you 
some ideas of ways that you can make date night really fun and special without spending anything or with only spending a little bit of money. Yeah, because Um, we recognize that there are a lot of couples who are in a season right now where you're working to pay off student loan debt or you're working to pay off a car loan or you're working to pay off your mortgage or you're working to pay off credit card debt. And you're sitting there asking yourself like, man, Amy and Jordan, that sounds great. Like it's cool for you that you can go on a date night every week. But for us, it's just not financially possible right now. And and the purpose of this list that we're going to give you is to encourage you that it's possible to do a regular date night for free. And it's possible to do a regular, regular date night that doesn't break the bank so that you can keep moving forward on your other financial goals. And date night doesn't feel like it's keeping you from getting there. So we mentioned this on a previous episode, but one of our favorite date night hacks early on was to have a movie night at home. And the way that we would acquire the movie was we'd go to the library. Uh, It's really incredible how many DVDs are at the local library and we still have a DVD player. We don't always stream every piece of video content that comes through our house. And so we would go to the library, we'd walk the aisles. Sometimes we'd look at like Academy Award winners from back when we were too young to watch those movies, for example, and find like some really high quality films that we just would have missed because of age or whatever. And we'd pick a couple out, come back home. At the library, you can like keep your DVD for two or three weeks, I think it is. Um, So sometimes we'd pick a couple for the month, come back, like get out all the blankets, pop some microwave popcorn and have a really fun movie night at home. Um, There's lots of fun things you can do at home if you're in the position where you have to just wait until your kids go to bed because babysitting isn't in the option, isn't in the budget right now. Um, Another fun idea would be doing like a picnic in the backyard, getting out like a a blanket, bringing some music, bringing your food outside, and just having a different experience than sitting at your kitchen table can really make a a night feel special without ever having to leave the house. Um, I remember something we used to do when we lived in our condo, which was an, it was basically an apartment complex that got turned into a condominium over time. So if you're someone like, uh, like we were in a stage of our life where you're in an apartment or a condo, something we love to do was go out to the pool um, or the hot tub and bring like a little cheese, homemade cheese board, uh, glasses of wine or, you know, wine in plastic cups so that you're not breaking the pool rules. Right. right. And that was always really fun up until the point we got in the hot tub and we were like, oh, we have the whole hot tub to ourselves. Not, yeah, not, not because we were trying to be like weird or sketchy in a hot tub, but just because it was like, oh, we can just relax. We got the jets. We got like the good like ambiance. We good can just talk. And then all of a sudden someone would come into the hot tub, right? Small talk. The small talkers. (laughs) Like the the small talkers would come into the hot tub and they would sit and we'd be sitting there and we kind of like moved to our side of the hot tub and kind of cozy up and you kind of like say hi, but don't make too much eye contact, right? Because you're not trying to like give give off that kind of vibe. (laughs) And then all of a sudden the question comes, so you guys live around here? So what do you guys do? And you're like, no, 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 right? (laughs) And so, and by the way, if you're listening to this right now and you're laughing, it's because you've been in that same position before. If you're listening right now and you don't get a, don't get the joke, the small talker is you. (laughs) (laughs) Regardless, we did love just getting out of our own regular environment. So going to the pool, going to the hot tub, going because we didn't have a backyard at that time, right? Um, Or even just going to the park around the corner. Uh, Another thing that we would do sometimes, especially before Beckett was old enough to join us at family meals, something that we would do during the week is we would put Beckett to bed and then we would create a little like mini restaurant at home. So we would dim the lights, which is something we don't normally 
family do for dinner. And we would light a bunch of candles all over like the table and the counters. And we would like pick like a really nice dinner playlist and just make it feel a little bit more restaurant like in our own house. We'd maybe share a bottle of wine over dinner and it would just make. Yeah, we would. <laughs> make a regular night. Here, honey, have another glass. I mean, after being pregnant for nine months, it's like <laughs> you're really excited to be able to True. drink wine again um, and just make it feel different than a regular night. Something else Jordan and I love to do that's completely free is having like one-on-one board game tournaments. Um, we've become big settlers of Catan fans, which is a board game that we've just become addicted to. And it's typically a group play game, like three or four players, but you can play 1v1. So we'd encourage everyone out there to start thinking or like, what are some like board games or games we could play together, just the two of us, that's just different than like watching TV or watching a movie that's something that is fun and stimulating in a completely different way. Um, And we actually had like a scoreboard we'd keep on our phone. And so like if it was like a Catan tournament, we're competitive. So we would totally like keep score of like who was winning and how many points and how many points to like catch up to the other person. And it was just like a really fun way to date each other in our own house. The most fun time to play Amy in a one-on-one game of Settlers of Catan or any board game is when she's pregnant. (laughs) Pregnancy brain is so real. There's I just- think I racked up like like a hundred wins in a row. And then all of a sudden I just thought I was starting to think I am the greatest Catan player that ever lived. I started looking at YouTube videos. This is like the Enneagram 8 coming out in me. I started looking up YouTube videos of like the Settlers of Catan, like world championships and all this stuff. And then Amy had Beckett and we started playing Catan again after the sleep deprivation wore off. And she started <laughs> kicking my butt all over again. And then I realized that was a season, a blessed <laughs> season, but simply a season. Um, something else that we that we've done in the past for for date nights that are totally free is at a lot of the shopping centers near our, near our home and in a lot of downtown areas, there are like free concerts and live music where you can just like there'll be like a grassy area and you can get a blanket and just go pull up and sit down and listen to a really cool band play really good mm-hmm. kind of local live music or even just like walking around window shopping in that kind of environment where there's lots of live music going on, just something fun and different. Yeah, and if you're listening right now and you live in the Nashville area, you have zero excuse because you can go to the airport for free and hear great country, up and coming country singers. That's true. Every time we fly into Nashville, we're like, oh my gosh, there's so much talent. Even at the airport, it makes me want to stay here and listen. Um, Something else that we have in our local area that you probably have in yours too. We have something called First Fridays in Phoenix, which is where they have kind of these like art and craft. It's called, they're called art walks, but Mm -hmm. there are basically a ton of vendors that set up the first Friday of every month in downtown Phoenix. And they basically set up booths where they're they're showing off art, they're selling crafts. And you you can grab something to eat from a food truck and just walk around and check mm-hmm. everything out. And at the same time, a lot of the museums will actually open up for typically like one day a month where they just do free admission. So um, we're always looking into like, oh, hey, like, is there a time we can go to the botanical gardens and it's completely free or the art museum and it's completely free. And speaking of free museums, another thing that we would do quite a bit is check out uh, our library's culture pass. And I don't know if they have this in every area. But in our area, one of the cool things about the library that most people don't know is you can check out culture passes where it will basically give you free admission for two people to a lot of the great museums in town, um, like the Science Center, the Art Museum, different ho- historical museums, where it's just something fun and different to do than, again, like watching TV or going on a movie, going on a movie date. This is something that feels really fun and different and doesn't cost anything, which yeah. is a big bonus. 
bonus. Something else we used to do when the budget was a little bit tighter is our church offers services on Saturday night and also on Sunday morning. And so sometimes we would go to like the Saturday evening service and then they have a grill outside. So right after we went to service, we could walk outside and for like a couple of bucks, we could each get like a burger or a hot dog and a bag of chips and something to drink. And we would just sit outside under the string lights at, at church. You guys are probably thinking, this is a cool church. It is. Um, <laughs> You're right. And, and we would sit and, and just eat. And that was really cool. Um, sometimes we also did like dessert only date nights. And so back when our date night budget was only $25 a month, sometimes it was easier for us to eat at home first, cook a meal, have a meal at home. And then maybe we would go to an area where they were playing live music and we would grab dessert out and then walk around. Or we would go to a restaurant and just have, you know, dessert with water to drink or something mm-hmm. like that. So we still got that feeling of going out without having to spend a ton of money. And one of the cool things that one of our friends does that we think is such a great idea is instead of paying for a babysitter, they have friends that have kids around the same age as them in the same neighborhood. And so they've arranged uh, basically babysitting swaps where they'll reserve both Friday and Saturday night. So Friday night, couple one goes out while couple two watches both sets of kids. And then the next day they swap. So the next day, couple two is the one that is out. Did I get my couples right? Yeah. And the other one is watching the kids. So the key to this approach is that you have to like your friend's kids. True. (laughs) Because then it could totally backfire on you. Um, So now let's talk about how you can save money at restaurants, right? So Mm -hmm. if you're in a season of your life where, yeah, you can afford maybe to go out to a restaurant, but you're in that season where you're really trying to be a little bit more conscientious of how much you're spending when you're there. Like we we mentioned, we We, get it. We We feel you. Lots of creative ways to make restaurants work on a super tight budget. Yeah, we know how to pinch a penny and stretch a dollar with the best of them. And uh, like we said before, we used to start with $25 a month for our date night. And so one thing that we did was supplement with gift cards. And when Mm -hmm. we were teaching elementary school, a lot of times for holidays, the parents would give us gift cards to to restaurants. And what's so funny is that as I'm saying this right now, I realize that we still have one of those gift cards from seven years ago. And we just haven't (laughs) used it yet. So we really need to go see that movie. Yeah, we kept it was like it's for one of those movie theaters where it's like a really special one where they do like recliners and blankets and food. And we've always thought like, oh, we need to save that for a special occasion. And we've literally been saving it for like way too long now, maybe five years. Anyways, <laughs> uh, so so we would supplement with gift cards. So that would be helpful. But also something we've realized and our friends kind of kind of laugh about about a little bit is that you can actually purchase gift cards in advance at places like Costco or Sam's Club or even on Groupon, where, for example, one of our favorite restaurants in town, they do a deal where you can basically buy $100 worth of gift card to their restaurant, but you only pay $79.99. So effectively, you're you're getting like 20 or 25% discount on that restaurant just by buying the gift cards in advance at a place like Costco or Sam's or something like that. And our friends kind of chuckle sometimes when we go out like on a double date and all of a sudden the bill comes and I whip out my gift cards, you know, (laughs) Um, but I've always kind of got a stash of them because if I can save 20 or 25%, that basically means that like the tip is free kind of or it means we can get a couple of drinks and it's on the restaurant or we can get dessert at the end of the meal or something like that. Um, something that we that we used to do earlier on in our marriage that we don't necessarily do anymore, but something that saved us money is we would do no beverages when we went out. So mm-hmm. we would just drink water with lemon um, at the restaurant and we would save money that way. We would also split 
an entree instead of each ordering our own entree, which not only helped us save money, was also great for our waistline, helped us save calories because a lot of times at restaurants, the portions are kind of out of control anyway. And a lot of times we end up taking half of it home. So this kind of helped control both the calories and the pocketbook at the same time was just splitting an entree. And then another one of our favorite things to do was to go out during a restaurant's happy hour. A lot of times happy hours go till about six o'clock. And so sometimes we just go out on an earlier date night and they do a lot of like great deals on half off appetizers. So we'd make our, our whole dinner, just the appetizers and it would be really fun. And we'd try something we normally wouldn't try. Yeah. And so let's talk for a second about a few alternatives to restaurants, right? Because I feel like we're in a season of life right now where the ability to have a meal, just the two of us and talk over dinner is so valuable that we typically do dinner for our date nights. But before we had Beckett, there were a lot of other other fun things that we used to do in the past that would be really fun if you're a couple who enjoys getting out and being a little bit more active on your date night. So let's talk about some alternatives to restaurants. Something that Amy and I love to do is to go to escape rooms. And I think they have these all over. Um, it's like a totally morbid and like, like we shouldn't even be like admitting that we used to watch these movies. But back in college, the Saw movies <laughs> <laughs> were these like total like mind twists, like Kind well, of I like think horror. The, fir- the first one came out our senior year, which is when we were dating. dating. So maybe that's why we yeah. have like a weird affinity. A weird affinity. So like for such it. a because we don't franchise. watch like any horror movies at all. <laughs> but this was like one of those mind twist movies where like the, the 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 main character like locks people in a room and then they have a certain amount of time to get out or their family die and just horrible stuff. Um, but anyways, we we were into those movies in college a little bit. I don't know why because we're sick and twisted maybe on the inside. I don't know. Um, but anyways, we loved escape rooms for that reason as it gave us something to do together where there was like a time limit and it was like a game and we were working as a team. And so if the, you have an escape room in your area, that's something that's super fun mm-hmm. to do. And it's like really fun. It makes you feel like you're on the same team. Another thing that we've just found recently that we really enjoy is food festivals, which can be so fun. Also a big stomach ache, but just experiencing things we normally wouldn't like going out to a festival or a fair, planning it in advance, putting it on the calendar in advance has been really fun. Um, we also love to go to live shows. Currently, one of our favorite things to do is to see Broadway musicals that are traveling through town. So we don't live anywhere near New York. We are in Phoenix, Arizona, far, far away from actual Broadway. But about 30 minutes from where we live, there's a theater in town at Arizona State. And at that uh, university, a lot of the biggest, best Broadway shows come right through our area and play for a certain amount of time. And so that's one of our favorite guilty pleasures. That is not a bu- budget-friendly option at all, um, but it's something we love to do and so something we save for and plan for well in advance and has been... There's just something magical about going to a live show compared to going to a movie. But one thing we found that we can do that is budget-friendly is to find live shows that are local. So instead of doing like the big name Broadway shows is finding performances from either like the local high schools or local theater groups that are always in town putting on productions of different types of musicals might even be the same names than the same musicals that are coming through in the big arenas, um, just in smaller venues. And we found that that can be just as fun. 
There are also really great seasonal events. Uh, so in our area, for example, it's very hot here in the summer, but it's just cold enough in the winter that they can actually open up ice skating rinks in the park. And so um, something that we do sometimes and we've done in the past is we'll go ice skating in the park or we'll go to a tree lighting, right? Like at a local shopping center or at a local hotel or resort. Um, those are really fun things to do. Also, sometimes there are things like fall carnivals or in the springtime here, there's spring training. So there are a lot of out of the box kind of things that you can do if you're kind of checking, you know, your local like newspaper, even like local local newspaper website, a lot of times they announce things like 25 fun fall things to do in Phoenix, right? So I think just being aware of the seasonal things that are happening in your area can be really fun. And, and almost just having that awareness of like, let's think a little bit outside the box so we don't always resort to the standard dinner and a movie type date. Um, and maybe that's something like a little activity, like going to a driving range, like Top Golf is really popular here, you know, where there's like those automatic driving ranges or mini golf or bowling or doing something that uh, you haven't done before, something you could learn together, a class of some kind, like a cooking class or a painting class, sometime where you're like learning a new skill together, just something completely different than a traditional date. Yeah. So now let's talk about different date night seasons, right? Because I think anyone who's listening to this right now is in a different season of your life. Maybe you don't have kids yet. Maybe you're married. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're dating. Maybe you're engaged. Maybe you just had a baby. Maybe you've got one kid. Maybe you've got 10 kids, right? So everyone is in a different season of life. And so let's talk a little bit about date night seasons and what that looks like. So I know for us, you know, after we had our first son Beckett, it took us a little while to ease into a dating routine. It was like right before he was born, it was like date, 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 because we were trying to get as many in as possible before he arrived. And then once he arrived, just because of, you know, postpartum life, and, and maybe we'll do an episode about that in the future, but yeah, the, the that's challenges, definitely its own episode. yeah, the challenges and complexities that come with that. But we wanted to make sure that we eased into it. And so about six or eight weeks after he was born was the first time that, you know, first time parents, right? So it was the first time that we went out for kind of like a, a date and we left him with my sister for a couple hours, went and had a meal, came straight back. But something that we did that I think somebody encouraged us to do, which made a lot of sense at the time, and even in hindsight, it makes more sense, is that we put something really fun on the calendar before Beckett was born. And so for us, there was a show that we really wanted to go see about 12 weeks after he was going to be born. And so we knew we were going to be going on less date nights in the first 12 weeks of his life, just because when you're breastfeeding, you have you can only leave your baby for a couple hours at a time, etc. And so we decided to put something on the calendar that was a little pricier and was like really good seats to a concert. And we put that on the calendar 12 weeks in a, after he was born. So we would have something to really look forward to. And this was when we were still pregnant. So it was almost something like before we even knew what it was like to be parents, we put this on the calendar to kind of like push our butts out the door and make sure that we actually went because we knew like if we're going to invest money in these tickets, like we better go. And so we committed in advance. And I think that was really great because especially being first time parents, it's just hard to leave your baby. Yeah, but it gave us something to look forward to. And so I would encourage you if you're listening right now and you are pregnant and expecting a baby, um, not that you'd be pregnant and expecting like a lizard or something, but like just <laughs> if you're pregnant and expecting a child in the future, um, maybe look at that due date and then plan something really fun for 12 weeks out or 16 weeks out that you can really look forward to. Um, you know, speaking of like seasons of, of date night and how date night can look different with the seasons, you know, for us, one thing for Amy, when, when we've had, you know, we were pregnant with Beckett and now pregnant with our daughter, Amy gets really bad morning sickness and it's not really morning sickness so much as it is all day sickness. And so Amy has to spend somewhere, you know, 10 to 12 weeks 
kind of almost on bed rest where she's so sick that she really can't get up and do much at all. And so during that season, date night looks really, really different for us. There is really no date night. Right. There's nowhere to go. The way that date night looks, right? Because I'm like so nauseous that like going to a restaurant sounds repulsive and I just want to be in bed. So we definitely transition it a little bit during that time to a lot of times date night would be like um, in in this pregnancy in particular, I went through like a two-week period where the only thing that sounded good was McDonald's chicken nuggets, which kind of surprised me because I'm not a McDonald's chicken nugget fan typically. Like I think it had been years since I'd even been. I think your mom was really into like McDonald's fillet of fish, fillet of fish when said, she was pregnant with you. Yeah. So maybe there's like a genetic component to that. <laughs> McDonald's runs in the family <laughs> during first trimesters. Or like maybe she ate McDonald's and then like whatever was in the McDonald's just was yeah. in you and dormant. Who knows? There must be some science behind that. Uh, so date night looked like Jordan going through the McDonald's drive through picking up like a value box for us coming back back, bringing it to bed. And we'd like eat our chicken nuggets in bed while watching like a murder mystery show or something like that. Um, So in that season, we just knew like, this is what it is right now. And we're giving ourselves grace and we're not able to do date night the way we normally do date night. But the bonus of that has been now that I'm feeling so much better, I'm in my second trimester. Um, we didn't use any of our date night money, really, maybe a few dollars at McDonald's, but sure. we didn't really use any of our date night money and we didn't, weren't hiring babysitters during that time. So now we're kind of like doubling, doubling down until our baby comes and doing like double like two date nights in a weekend when we can to make up for lost time. Yeah. And something we shared in a previous episode was this idea that we try to, as much as we can, even though Beckett's only 19 months old, we try to have regular family dinners at our dining table at at our house as often as possible. Um, And so that looks really different than date nights when it's just Amy and me out at a restaurant. And one of the ways that's different, and we talked about this in a previous episode, is that one of my my kind of underlying fears (laughs) before Amy and I uh, decided to have children was that we were going to have children and then I was going to have to share Amy with other <laughs> people, right? And um, I kind of laughed that that was a fear and then I cry because to a certain extent that fear <laughs> came true. And one example of that fear coming true is now that Beckett is talking and he's very verbal. I know that's not going to surprise any. Oh yeah, hmm, the kid whose parents have a podcast, like he <laughs> talks a lot, hmm. but. I, you know, for us, we were having dinner the other night. And this is a perfect example of sharing Amy is that we were having dinner the other night and we all sat down as a family. And right as I sat down, we kind of got Beckett going. He was eating off of his plate. He was totally quiet. And then all of a sudden, Amy looked at me and said, hey, did you listen to anything interesting while you're at the gym? And I was like, yes, I, I listened to something really interesting at the gym. It was this story about the Apostle Paul and this thing that he said in the Bible. And it was really interesting. And as soon as Beckett heard the first sentence out of my mouth, he immediately goes, Bible, Paul, Bible. <laughs> Paul. And we've really been encouraging it because, you know, he's just developing his vocabulary. So we're kind of at the stage where he's like introducing a new word into his vocabulary every day. And when he says something, we try to be like very positive about it. So it was the first time he'd said Bible. It was the first time he'd said the word Paul. So we're... That, buddy, did you say Paul? Good job. Wow, and we know. spent the next 20 minutes just looking at him and going, buddy, can you say Paul? And he would go, Paul, 
And we go, good job. And then anytime Jordan tried to resume his adult conversation to me, Beckett- Bible, Paul, (laughs) Bible, Paul. Beckett would just interrupt like that over and over and over again. And so maybe other parents out there can understand the concept of constant interruption during meals. And so for as fun as all those out of the box date night ideas are, and we've loved them in the past, currently in this season of life where we're constantly being interrupted by our very sweet toddler. Uh, we realize that for us, our favorite date night is simply to go to a restaurant. We want our date night to be relaxing and a relationship builder. We actually haven't been going to movies. We haven't been to a movie since before Beckett was born. And we the other day, we were talking about like, why haven't we been to a movie? And we realized because for us in this season, mealtime is an intentional time, but it's also a very like hectic, chaotic time. And so to have one meal where there are no interruptions and we can look at each other and have adult conversation the way we used to, it's such a gift. And if we're going to be paying a babysitter and we're going to be making this intentional investment in our relationship, we don't want to be sitting side by side in a dark theater. We want every date night to feel like a real relationship builder. And for us, the best way that that happens is at a restaurant. So we just wanted to talk through some of the things that we plan on our typical date nights. So our date night is once a week. It's every Friday night. And we like to make a reservation at a restaurant in advance because it's just something really fun to look forward to. And before we started having regular date nights on like a Friday night or Saturday night, that's kind of like prime time. We did not realize how quickly restaurants can fill up. Mm -hmm. And so when we first started trying to implement date night, I can remember, you know, calling around to restaurants like an hour before and saying, hey, can we get a reservation? And they were like, yes, we have one opening at 930. (laughs) And I was like, "Okay, I think we need to plan better next time. Yeah. So now we've gotten into a better habit of at the beginning of the week, choosing where we're going to go on date night and making that reservation in advance. And for a while, we went on this kick where we were like, hey, let's go to a different restaurant every single week so we can try new things. And that that season was really fun and we loved doing it. But after going to different restaurants, we really narrowed in on our favorites. And we've realized we're a little bit creatures of habit. Once we find something we love, we like to go back again and again. So we definitely have a few spots that we rotate through most frequently, um, but always love every once in a while trying something new too. Because we are planning our calendar to reflect our priorities, which we talk about in episode four, we also are able to reserve our babysitter a month in advance. And the reason we even bring that up is because all you parents out there, you know, it can be hard to find a great babysitter. And we've learned from experience, if we wait to the last minute, sometimes we get stuck at home, even when we want to be going out on a date night. And like, if you're a parent, you know, the value of a great babysitter. It's like so sad because once you find a babysitter that you love and is super reliable and dependable, your friends will be like, hey, do you know any great babysitters? And you're like, no. No, haven't had any luck. We do have a great babysitter. (laughs) And that's it. The truth always say we do have a great babysitter. Can we have their number? No. (laughs) And so we we actually plan out with our sitter about a month in advance and schedule her in so that we know that we're going to be able to go out for date night. And I think date night's extra fun for us because we work from home together. And because we work from home, that means that most of the time we're in like leggings and sweats. And a lot of times, like I don't necessarily wash my hair before work in the morning. And so when it's time for date night, it's like an excuse to get a little dressed up, right? It's like an excuse to like wash and dry my hair and (laughs) like put on a dress and feel just 
feel really good before we go out the way that we used to when we were dating. And so I think that part of it is really fun for us too. And one of the things we try to do at date night because we want to try to extend the meal. You ever gone to like dinner and you sit down and as soon as you get there, you order and then all of a sudden, like 45 minutes later, you're paying the bill and you're like, wait, what do we do now? That went so fast. That that went too fast. We barely (laughs) got to talk about anything. And so one of the things that we've tried to do is to try to extend our meal by placing an order for one thing at a time. So if you go to like a really nice restaurant, you can put all of your all of your order in at the very beginning and the server will usually pace that out over a couple hours because they know you're spending a lot of money at the restaurant and they want you to stay for a little while and have a good experience. But sometimes if we go to other restaurants, it's like they're trying to turn tables as fast as they can and we totally get that. But we also want to make sure that we're taking advantage of our time together. So we'll order one thing at a time, like maybe a salad and then we'll kind of like sit tight, look at the menu, wait a little while, then order the entrees kind of thing. And that just gives us more time to talk and really extends the date night. Uh, Something else we've started doing just recently is we've started skipping alcohol at home. So meaning, well, I mean, I've obviously been skipping alcohol for quite a while because I'm 22 weeks pregnant. But we have been skipping alcohol as a team for a while now for a couple of reasons. One, because it makes like ordering a glass of wine at a restaurant feel a lot more special when we're not was I was having nightmares. (laughs) I told you about that. I didn't tell you about that. Yeah, I, I mean, okay, folks, you're hearing about this for the first time. No, when I started having a glass of wine or like two glasses of wine, just like randomly, like during the middle of the week, sometimes I had bad dreams. Well, I mean, that's a good reason to cut it out. Yeah, I want to restrict those to one and night. And honestly, the most important reason is just we were realizing it wasn't great for our waistlines to be including a glass of wine with dinner every night. So we've been now saving that for date night, and we realized that the same amount because you know we like to save money, and so we realized like ordering alcohol out, having a glass of wine out at a restaurant is a lot more expensive than buying a bottle at home. And so we were using that as a reason to have a glass of wine every Why night Why would I home. spend $10 on a one glass. glass of wine when I can spend $10 on a bottle and have a glass every day this week? Which is good reasoning. And we lived by that for a while. And then we realized we were starting to add on extra unwanted pounds. And so we realized that would be an easy thing for us to cut out. So we're basically spending the same amount of money on a glass or two at the end of the week instead of a, a bottle throughout the week. So it's the same amount of money, but it's been better for our waistline. So yeah. that's just like a personal thing that we've been trying to work <laughs> through right now. <laughs> and something else we've tried to do with date night is we try to go to date night early. So in, in the past, before we had kids, we might make a reservation you know, for 7.30 or 8 o'clock at night or just go out later and it was no big deal because there was nobody getting up at 6 o'clock every single morning on the dot. And so we We've tried to go earlier for our date nights and leave our house around six so we can get home, you know, around nine or so. And then that way we can still get to bed at a decent hour. So when that we hear that little guy on the monitor in the morning, mama, dada, mama, dada, like he's waking up at six, whether mom and dad got home at nine or whether mom and dad got home at 11. And so we want to make sure that that date night isn't causing us to be too tired to intentionally pour into our son first thing in the morning because he is so excited to see us first thing when he gets up. And I think for couples who have been married for a long time or just couples who have been together for a long time, a really common question is like, what the heck do you talk about at date night? Like, what does that conversation look like? Like, do you have rules? Are there topics that are on limits, off limits? How does that work? And so we just wanted to talk on that for a moment at talking about what we talk about. And one thing that we found we've mentioned in previous episodes that we found that the better the input 
the better the output. And what that means is when we're being intentional about listening to great educational podcasts, when we're being intentional about reading, when we're being intentional about what's going in, we have better conversations together because we're learning, we're sharing what we've been learning. We're almost like teaching each other in a way. You know, if I'm reading a parenting book, for example, and Jordan is reading a business book, well, that's a really fun topic for us to talk about during dinner because we can share about what we've each been learning. And maybe something that Jordan shares with me at that meal the next day, well, not the next day, the next day would be Saturday, but the next work day, I might be able to implement or change a little habit and it makes me a better business business owner. Yeah. And some of the best advice that we ever heard for singles and singles, we're going to talk to you guys for a second, but some of the best advice we ever heard for singles was from uh, pastor Andy Stanley. And he said, you have to stop looking for the one and work on becoming the one. Let me say that again. Stop looking for the one and work on becoming the one. And we realize that this is true in marriage too. Mm-hmm. I mean, when Amy and I first first got started dating, we didn't know anything about each other, right? Mm-hmm. So imagine that like what Amy knew about me was like this big glass vase that had nothing in it. <laughs> and over, you know, four years of dating and now 10 years of marriage, she's learned more and more and more about me all over those years. And what I've realized is that if I don't keep growing as an individual, if I don't keep reading, if I don't keep learning, you know, learning through educational podcasts, if I don't continue to, to do self-improvement as a husband, it's very difficult for us to have really good, interesting, stimulating dinner conversations, let alone kind of regular everyday conversations. And so a lot of times I think when couples will ask us, like, what do you talk about at date night? Like we're trying to make our date night conversations more interesting. One of the first questions I ask them is, what have you done recently to make yourself interesting, Mm -hmm. right? Because I think sometimes we're looking for like, what's the interesting thing that we can talk about? But really when you first started dating, the other person was interesting because you didn't know anything about them. And so over time, as you kind of learn, quote unquote, everything about your spouse, you have to continue, not like you need to be like super interesting, international man of mystery, right? (laughs) But that you just keep improving yourself so that you have something to share and offer and contribute Mm -hmm. to the conversation. And we have a friend who does like really cool, like, like they almost like print off date night questions or do like cards or prompts, um, basically like things to start and promote different types of conversations, which we think is really cool. We've never done that ourselves. And one of the things people ask us, all the time is like, oh my gosh, you're in business together. So do you have a rule like no talking about business or like no talking about your kids? And we've realized for us, we don't really want to put those kind of limitations on the conversation because if we have something on our heart, we want to be able to share it. But we do kind of keep that in mind at the same time. So if let's say for business, like we don't make business off limits, But we're really aware of what type of business we're talking about. Like we're not going to be talking about like new email systems at dinner, right? Or accounting. (laughs) But we we may be talking about like greater, grander vision and goals for our business because that's something that we're both passionate about and we share that interest. So we're we're really uh, intentional about trying to make it about the bigger picture, more of the vision casting and less of like the minutia of like the day-to-day mundane parts of our business. And really, that's one of the ways this podcast came about, uh, was talking over great date night conversations about this idea. And so we we don't want to limit our conversation, but at the same time, just be aware um, that it is supposed to be relationship building. 
So let's talk about double dates for a second. So we heard a pastor say one time something that made so much sense. He said, you know, when you've been married for a long time, sometimes good conversation can be a little more difficult when it's just the two of you. And so he encouraged a lot of couples who have been married for a longer period of time to go on regular double dates with other couples. Because he said, when you go on double dates with other couples, it gives you the opportunity to see your spouse through someone else's eyes. And I love that because sometimes we are, we are you know, Amy and I are with each other, you know, all day, every day. And I think if we're not careful, sometimes we start to for, to forget that there are extraordinary things about our spouse, but we take them as ordinary because they're normal to us. But just because something about Amy that's ordinary to me might be extraordinary to someone else. And when we're out having dinner conversation with another, another couple or we're on a double date with another couple, sometimes they'll ask her a question that maybe I would have never asked her. And I get to hear an answer she gives that I would have never otherwise heard. And it just gives me the opportunity to see her the way that other people see her. Now, on that same note, one of the things we've tried to be really careful about is protecting our date night, protecting that Friday night date night and making that kind of sacred just for the two of us. And so we don't typically double date for dinner, maybe unless there's a weekend where we have two date nights and we're going to do one just ourselves and one with another couple friend of ours. But one thing we have done that's been really cool is meeting up for dessert. And so sometimes on our Friday night date, we'll tack on dessert or drinks with a a friend uh, or another couple. And that's been a really nice way for us to connect with another couple, but also have that time that's just the two of us to connect together. And so if you've been trying to get together with somebody for the longest time and you just can't seem to make it work, but you don't want to kind of, you know, give up that sacred Friday night date night or Saturday night date night, if you can make it work where, you know, you're going to be having dinner in the same area as another couple, maybe you can meet up at your restaurant or their restaurant or another restaurant for dessert. But one thing we would definitely recommend or encourage you, I guess, not to do is drive across town, right? Because especially when we have a babysitter, if we're having dinner in one location, we're not going to drive 30 minutes across town to have dessert with a friend only to drive 30 minutes back because then we're paying the babysitter for that hour. So that's also another like budget friendly thing if you're thinking about it is if you can go to dinner in your local area, then you're not driving as far and then you're not paying for that babysitting time. And so if you're listening right now and you're like, eh, I'm still not sold on date night, Amy and Jordan. Hey, have you been listening? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but but if you're like, uh, I'm still kind of on the fence. Well, we have something for you. We asked some of our really good friends who recently started implementing regular weekend date nights after their daughter was born. Um, and we asked them two questions. One, why didn't you used to do regular date nights? And the second question was, how has your marriage changed since you started doing regular date nights? And here's what they sent back to us. And maybe you resonate with this. So our friend, the wife, said, I think we didn't realize how important it is to have time away from our daughter and just reconnect with no interruptions. It was a good reminder that the best thing we can do for our kids is to put our marriage first. When kids are involved, it's easy to get caught up in the day-to-day. Sometimes it's even hard to have a conversation together. And Amen. The f- <laughs> Amen, sister. The second question we asked was, how has your marriage changed since you started regular date nights? And so I'm going to share what the wife sent, and then I'm going to share what the husband sent. So the wife said, for starters, we look forward to it every week. We have serious conversations about things that are hard to talk about with a baby around pulling you in all directions. It feels good to hold my husband's hand and stroll around or enjoy a drink and dinner together and have no restrictions on where we go or how late we can stay. It's really freeing. It's made us feel closer, communicate better, and has also given us a little identity back as a couple and not just parents. 
Boom. Mic drop, sister. <laughs> um, and here's what the husband said. Marriage has, our marriage has changed by giving us something awesome to look forward to each week. But more important, it's a time for us to connect and reconnect as adults again, like it was before the baby. It brings us closer, lets us discuss happenings and planning, gives us an outlet and an opportunity to date again without the chaos of parenthood. I just love that. And we really hope that this was an encouragement to you to make date night a regular part of your routine. So we just want to leave you with a few takeaways. So our first takeaway is one, go to the show notes of this episode and download our date night ideas checklist for free and look through that checklist together. And then two, pick a date and make a reservation, get a babysitter in advance. And then when you're on that date, take a selfie, post it on social media, tag us. We'd love to see you guys out on your date nights. Um, we, we, think this would be a really cool way for us to all hold each other accountable um, to those strong, thriving, healthy marriages. Thank you for listening to Life with Amy and Jordan. If this episode was helpful to you, we'd love for you to leave us a review. And if it wasn't, please don't. Seriously, a review from you will help us reach more awesome people like you. To get the newest episode as soon as it's available, hit the subscribe button.